My heart skips skipping the beat. You're not close enough, so that space between you and me, let's lose it. The way you're dancing, swaying to the music, girl, that body and how you move it. Every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Hey everybody, what's up? It's me, Steve Agee, and you're listening to episode 99 of my podcast, Steve A.G. Uh. And uh, it's been a while, frankly. It's been probably close to two months since my last podcast. I was on a roll all year. For like the past year, not even the calendar year, I've been doing really well. And then um, I've actually been really busy, which is a good thing for me. Um and if there are any fans out there of this podcast, it's bad for you. And I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to try and get back into the swing of things. Although part of the problem is because I'm now doing two podcasts. And I honestly find it very difficult uh, to find time to schedule two podcasts. One that I co-host with Busy Phillips. We're no doctor. Also here on Feral Audio. Check it out. And then this one. So it's really difficult to book guests and studio time or time to go to someone's house for two podcasts. That's why, frankly, part of the reason why uh, this has been suffering. I just said frankly twice. Ugh. Ugh, boy. I'm wearing a breathe right strip on my nose right now. It's almost 3 p.m. on Monday afternoon. I've been having uh, sinus issues. This is pretty amazing. Oh, my gosh. I can breathe... These are pretty good. I might try sleeping with one. I've been waking up with some... uh, Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about my guest today making what I believe is his third appearance on Uh, uh, my good friend Adam Goldberg, who you may know from Saving Private Ryan uh, or Dazed and Confused or a million other things. Uh, you may also know him as the Hebrew Hammer, a little film that was out in 2003, and uh, that is actually the reason why Adam is back today. We're here to talk about uh, his new project. He's trying to get off the ground. He wants to make the sequel to the Hebrew Hammer called The Hebrew Hammer versus Hitler, which actually actually has turned out to be very topical now uh, in today's climate with uh, ugh, all the Nazis and white nationalists who are now being empowered by a, a fucking shitty ugh, Trump. Ugh. Anyway, uh, so it's topical and... Um, that's why Adam's here. He's here to talk about this. He actually isn't here. He's in Toronto. This was a phone interview. So when this picks up, this is actually the second call. The first time I called Adam, he was looking for his headphones. And so it was about five minutes of us talking while he looked for his headphones. So I cut that part out to spare you from listening to me and Adam just ramble. Uh, but one thing you need to know, uh, when this podcast picks up, there's uh, multiple references to something that was in the first half of the phone call, which was Adam had told me that he believed that he had double dosed on his antidepressant. <laughs> so he was a little nervous. Um, but that, uh, <laughs> that info was in the first half of the phone call that didn't end up here. So that's the backstory. If you're wondering why <laughs> Adam's a, a, a little high strung at, at the beginning of the podcast, but, uh, to this day, I don't know if he was or was not. I don't think he did uh, double dose on it. I think he was fine. Um, it's a problem I've had. I've, I've had multiple instances just before bed where I 
went to grab my bottle of antidepressants and I was like, wait a minute, did I already take these tonight? And usually if I have that thought, I don't take them. (laughs) But there's been one or two times when I have accidentally taken double doses and I was fine. And Adam's fine. He's still with us today. (laughs) So uh, give the podcast a listen and... um, Please, uh, it's in my Instagram bio, uh, and there's a link in Adam's as well on his Twitter and Instagram for the um, the the crowdfunding information you need for this. Um, and I hope you like the episode. And I'm going to try and do these more often. People, have a great day. Bye. Hello? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Well, uh, how about now? Oh, that's way better. Oh, great. Perfect. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay, great. Nice. Hey, uh, did I recommend a restaurant to you called Chiado that's in Toronto? No, where's that? Oh, my God. It's over... I don't remember if it's on college or Ossington, but it's um, it's Portuguese, so it's mostly seafood, which I'm not really into. But when I was up there seven, mm-hmm. seven years ago for the film festival, uh, I went and I was like, oh, they have steak on the menu. So I had a steak. Honest, right. to, honest to God, probably the best steak I've ever had in my life. Jesus, really? Yeah, it was so goddamn good. And my friend who was basically vegan would only eat seafood at this restaurant and she would always get the octopus and just like the food there was so good that we um canceled our flight the next day so we could stay another night and eat there again that is fucking hilarious yeah it's i um, highly recommend it you should check it out if you're into my, my into I, I, well, we will yeah we um we were just on Austin yesterday um my uh which is where we should have been living but we couldn't find a fucking place so we're basically in like the the uh page with the golden bars and a fucking mm-hmm. like kind of a dilapidated penthouse at the minto um <laughs> uh i love i love toronto though i mean it's uh i've never yeah, no there was at the it's, never it's, been it's in, good. I've never been there in the winter, so I can't really. Yeah, I'm not that. looking forward to that. But but you know, I did Calgary. I mean, I wasn't there the whole winter, but I did Fargo in Calgary, and that was like yeah, um, just absolute misery. So I feel like if I can do that for sure, I can probably probably do this for sure. Um, um, here I tweeted my exchange between my doctor and myself, or really, the, was, I wonder if it was too revealing that I just did that. I, I just screen, I screenshot it, and then uh, I wonder if it reads as funny or, or or not. I'm probably going to get a lot of unsolicited medical advice now, aren't I? Um, you must get that a lot, huh? Um, yes. I mean, I always have, regardless, because people know I'm a fucking. Right, right. I, I'm at the, I'm at a point right now where I'm convinced that I have black mold, even though I haven't found any. I oh, I, I, feel, uh, uh, <laughs> I feel I feel like I have that. You do? And, and I'm in my bathroom. We had it tested. It wasn't like apparently like the lethal black mold. But it was a black mold. No shit. Well, then maybe that's why I've been feeling so bad for all these years. That doesn't help for sure. <laughs> I, I, we just decided to paint over it, and I feel much better. <laughs> yeah, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, what's the worst? But also, it's like, I mean, you know what they have to do to get rid of it? It's ridiculous. Oh, dude, it's great. Do you know that's what happened to Ed McMahon, and it almost killed him? Remember that? Uh, no. Ed McMahon, no. Uh, you know, Johnny Carson's sidekick, uh, yeah, years ago, probably like 15 to 20 years ago, in their nice fucking beautiful giant Beverly Hills mansion or, you know, West side or wherever it was, uh, his whole family, him and his wife and, and even their pets were getting sick and they had had the house tested and it tested positive for black mold. So they had, uh, they hired a contractor to come in and fix it. 
and they fucking didn't fix it. They just painted over it. Oh my god! It almost it killed him. It did kill their dog. Their dog died because of it. What the um, fuck? And so he sued for like. Why do you know about all this? Cause, oh, because I'm obsessed with black mold. He sued. Right. He sued the contractor for seven million dollars and won. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I did. So holy shit, dude. Yeah, it's no joke. That's a terrible story. <laughs> I've been yeah, I've been feeling just my head is all cloudy and I, I just feel foggy. So I'm convinced that it's black mold right now. That's how I feel all the time. But I mean, I felt bad my whole life, so it can't just because of the black mold. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you have black mold in your brain. Oh my god, you're probably right. A fungal. Is that true? I don't know if that's possible, but oh god. I'm gonna do I like, told you that, that my that, like that my numbers are all low and screwy. My blood tests, right? Like, yeah. like, like I told you, we talked about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. All right. So I'm still not convinced that I'm not. You should definitely put in your will that you're donating your body to science. To you're science. Fucking right. So that they, right. so there's there was a serial killer that did that. He killed a bunch of people, and in his note was like, and I think it was the guy who who sh- killed all those people from the the clock tower in Austin. Really? Um, had a note that said, um, "Please dissect my brain. I, there's definitely something wrong with me." And they did, and they were like, uh-huh. then they were like, "Yeah, his brain was fucking really fucking nuts." <laughs> That's not the medical Jesus. term, but yeah, they they found yeah, a right. lot of weird like shit in his in his brain. Yeah, no, I mean, it would be fascinating to learn. I mean, the truth of it is, the technology is such that we could probably learn a lot of that right now. Sure. It's just that you would learn so much more than you wanted to know. You know. <laughs> well, that's that that's, whole thing. Know, like the, that's that whole thing of. I like, would call it the Oprah scan. You know, didn't you get some big scan where? Yeah. That's like that you thing know, where, where they're like, if you could find out when and how you die, would you want to know? It's <laughs> just like, nope. Oh, right. Oh, my God. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. The beauty of, of my whole, you know, philosophy is, is that, you know, I've convinced myself that there really isn't even any such thing as death and we're like living in some sort of altered, you know, altered state. So, I mean, like, to know that would would shatter that. Well, yeah. e, e, what's, what's his name? Elon Musk was like, we might even be living in a computer program. This could all be a simulation. Well, and yeah, I'm like, I, I'm I like there's no way someone would program a fucking life this miserable for people. I mean, well, yeah, but then what do you tell religious people? God clearly did. Um, <laughs> I mean, but... Yeah, no, there's this whole, I forget, yeah, I forget what it's called, um, but that this idea that we're actually being controlled by um, alien yeah. life forces, basically. Um, I actually find that sort of reassuring. That would be awesome, although, you know, uh, what's that uh, physicist, Michio Kaku? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I watched a video of him talking about aliens and why they why they haven't shown themselves to us and everything. And he was right. like, he's like, let me put it this way: if you're in your car driving down the freeway and there is an ant hill on the side of the road, you just keep going. You don't even know about it because it's so insignificant right. to you. We are like we would be like ants to these aliens. Like we're so primitive. If they do right, have the, right, right. the technology to visit us. Right, right, right. It's like, that's probably that's why. That's an interesting rationale. I mean, you, I suppose you could also argue that, that, that they're just, that they're just stupider than we are. I mean, why wouldn't that exist too? Why that's wouldn't true. there be a planet of, of just like a bunch of fucking, you know, Trump supporters? <laughs> An idiocracy planet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, oh, wait a minute. That's that us. Is just <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so, um, oh God, I'm having. Hold on. Well, I just got home. I'm just going to ask her. Okay. Um, 
Babe, yeah. freaking out that I doubled the stop my Prozac. No, no. How? Why do you think that? So, this is what happened. Okay. Listen. So now you're gonna have to listen again, Steve. <laughs> so this is what it looked like. Right. What? It looked like this, and then I'm like, oh well, if it was like that, I must have not. But then I literally did it. Remember, even Steve, I said that I had medicine in front of it, so that I couldn't possibly have taken it last. Except that when I put it back, when I did take it, I did the same exact thing and put it back. Yes, I think on the phone with, with John and Harrison, I might have taken it twice because I wasn't focused. You're really nervous. Huh? You're nervous. Yeah. You look nervous. Roxanne says I look nervous. Why are you saying that? You're not. You did not double What do you mean I look nervous? What do I look like? I don't know. I felt immediately funny. Yeah. You're fine. Steve said that he did it with something on. It doesn't matter. It would be doing it's not gonna. How would you know that? It's not gonna do anything to you, dude. Doubling though, sixty no. to one hundred and twenty. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's gonna do anything. And then I sent an email to the, to the doctor Sal, and he and I get an automatic uh, out of office reply. Look, it's not like you dosed on a different kind of medicine which would be weird right, right. it's like you took the right, same right. medicine that's already in your b- bloodstream that's in, my, that's in my bloodstream that's true and it's not something that has like that kind of crazy <laughs> I mean in a weird way it's like going from 20 milligrams to 40 milligrams which I did Exactly. what's the highest dose someone can go on Prozac actually that's what I need to find out <laughs> that's what I'm going to look up <laughs> really quickly yeah I think um I think you'll be fine. I'm on an interview, babe. It's really important. <laughs> um, <laughs> Roxanne's upset I'm using her computer. Hi, oh, tell Roxanne I said hi. Steve says hi, and he recommended a... What was it? A, Peru, a Portuguese restaurant? Portuguese. It's called Chiado. 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 It's near where we were yesterday. Maximum dose, 80. <laughs> Should not exceed 80 a day. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're going to be fine. I took 120. Well, if I did, I took 120. How, how long ago was this? Like, like right before we got on the phone. So about half an hour ago? Mm-hmm. You're fine. A dose of 20 to 60 recommended. Our doses up to 80 have been well tolerated. Should not exceed 80 a day. Look up double dosing on uh, Prozac. I know, but you know I'm going to say, like, it's going to say go straight to the hospital, and then I'm going to have to get off the phone with you. The, what's a hospital going to do? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, your it's, stomach? I have no idea. No, not after an hour. It's It's been in you. It's uh, it's there. You're You're fine. And I, I also accidentally took a double dose of Prozac approximately. My double dose is 60, and I took another 60 about 10 hours later. Oh, 20 hours later. Um, babe, hold on. <laughs> but you're still not in any grave danger. The dose would not put you at grave risk, which they do. You should not have any problems, even with the dose, especially after you took it after 10 hours. Should I start with my... Um, Okay, it's good you do not live alone. In that case, you must inform your family that you've been exposed to a slight overdose. So they're also aware. The symptoms to watch out for drowsiness, nausea, fast heart rate, I have that. And most importantly, seizures. <laughs> oh, boy. I doubt you took a second dose, by the way. Why did I just not... I was unsure, and then I took it anyway. Why did I do that? That was so self-defeating. <laughs> The number of times I have been exactly where you are right now is staggering. Uh, it's like everyone's asking, but they're like on little doses. Please don't do it. It will not make you feel like it. I can't. These drugs work by keeping more serotonin in the brain. 
taking a higher dose one day will have no effect. No, that's just, yeah, but I'm talking about toxicity. I accidentally overdosed. Um, okay, here we go. Just when I was about to take my meds, I suddenly got confused and tried to take my pills without thinking about it. Yep, I just realized it now, and I worked out that I took 80 instead of my 40. The prescribed dose can be up to 80. I wouldn't be too worried. You might have an adverse effect for a few days. Glossidine is relatively safe for high iodine. 80 milligrams shouldn't do anything. That. For example, here's a case in American Journal describing the uneventful recovery of someone who took a deliberate 200 overdose of... The page you found is not found. The page you're looking for is not found. 80 milligrams is not an overdose. It's a therapeutic dose. Um... <laughs> Glad you didn't have any bad side effects. All right. Well, I'm. I don't know. All right. I'm just gonna. I think it. All right. You're fine. Mm. So. Um. <laughs> anyway. So. All right. How, how should we conduct this? Um. We'll just start talking. I, I, I wrote you. I wrote you begging for for uh, for for free press for this campaign. Uh, I, I wanted to do this anyway, but I figured while you were in Toronto, it would be, I didn't know you were going to be in Toronto this long. So this is actually, Oh my perfect. God. I know it's still February. It's just horrible. That's a long time, man. It is a long time. Um, and we almost came back for the world series. I mean, I'm so depressed that yeah. we left. Well, you didn't know Los that Angeles. was, gonna, you didn't know that was going to happen. I knew it was happening. I knew that they, I, yes, I did know it was happening. I mean, I even considered it as a factor when accepting this job because they were doing so well. Wow. And then I just started rooting, I started rooting, rooting for the Yankees, hoping that the Dodgers would play the Yankees so I could fly to New York to see the World Series there. And we actually had tickets oh, wow. to that World Series if the Yankees had won, uh, had beat the, the Astros the other night. Um, but, and then I considered getting on a plane and flying out this week, but I never, ever do shit like that. I saw the Dodgers Yankees World Series in, God, I want to say the late 70s, early 80s. I forget. Yeah, the late 70s. I think, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, that's like my childhood. I mean, yeah. that's like my childhood. I thought that's why I was really hoping it would be the Dodgers and the Yankees, you know? Um, well... You know. Anyway, um, so yes, so yeah, I'm here. So yeah, for those listening, uh, Adam and I concocted this very quickly. Just yesterday, we were like, "Let's do this." And so let's talk about it. The Hebrew Hammer, the first one was 2003. Yes, which seems insane. Uh, I mean, it seems insane. That's almost 15 uh, years ago. Dude, you know I turned 47 yesterday? What? Dude, happy birthday. No. Yeah, yeah. I turned 48. Those, those, those two words have been mutually exclusive since I was 30. <laughs> um, what, wait, when was yours? Mine was in February. I, I turned 48. Oh, right, yeah. No, I feel like I knew that, yeah. I'll be 49 in, in well, in February. I'm not cool with I mean, that. we might as well just get it over with and turn 50, right? Yeah, that's all I think about now. It, it, the number 50 is just in my head all the time. Yeah, exactly. I know. Isn't that so weird? It was the same with 30, the same with 40, and I guess it'll be the same with that. You know what's a bummer is when you're filling out a form online, and it gets to the age section, and it's a drop-down menu, and you have to scroll to... <laughs> Scroll to 1969 or 1970. I know, I know. Scroll to 1970, which is so crazy. Because I remember growing up being embarrassed. I was born in 1970 because I was so young when I was young. Yeah. Yeah, it's bananas to like just... Or when you're filling out a, a, a form and it's like... Are you uh, 18 to 25, you know, 26 yeah, know. to 30? I know. I, 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 exactly. When, when I, anytime I hear about demographics, like TV demographics, I'm like ecstatic that I'm still within, isn't there like 18 to 46? Oh, I guess I'm not in it anymore. No, we're in a, a category that's either like, uh, you know, it's like 45 to 60 or it's just 45 or older. You know, it's 45 or older. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. How did this happen? But we're Generation X. It doesn't make any sense. I know, it's weird. We're supposed to be the young ones. I know, there's like a few generations now after us. I know. They don't even have names. Well, we need to explain. I mean, I guess millennial is the big one. I mean, I think, uh, but wasn't there like why? Like, what happened to Generation Y? I don't know, man. All, all I know is I'm fucking almost fifty. I think we have to embrace the old man of it of it all. There's nothing else to do. Nothing other than be fucking terrified all the time. Yeah, this is making me not want to really discuss something as trivial as a movie. <laughs> Well, let's talk about it. So you're uh, you're crowdsourcing to fund the sequel, Hebrew Hammer versus Hitler, right? And one of the things I wanted to clarify, yeah, because it's just this very, it's sort of obscure, and it was a bit of a gamble. It's always a gamble, uh-huh. but it's this thing called equity crowdsourcing, which is so Indiegogo had been like uh, kind of. Uh, approaching us for a long time, John Kesselman, the writer director, and I about doing a campaign with them, but they wanted to do it on this new platform they have. Um, Micro Ventures. Which, right. Well, Micro Ventures is separate. So then, like, Indiegogo and Micro Ventures got together to form something called, like, First Democracy or whatever it is. Right. And uh, super catchy. But anyway, um, <laughs> the point is, is that you're investing in the movie. You're not just donating money and getting a gift or whatever in return. I mean, there are perks or whatever, but. Right. But that you're actually literally investing, which I think has been turning some people off because you have to give up like information. Uh, we've gotten a bunch of emails from friends and stuff like that. Or like, I don't want to give you my social security number. I was like, yeah, no, I mean, I understand. Right. But the point is, is that you're, you're actually investing in the film. So there are all of these, um, there are all these rules and regulations. I mean, everything had to be checked. Like, our, you know, had to go through this this incredible vetting process. Right. Um, the campaign video, all this shit. Um, we can't post the part of the video where Judy and I, Judy Greer and I, who's um, doing the second one, who was in the first one, mm-hmm. um, explain what equity crowdsourcing is. Really? Because we're not allowed. Yeah, because we're not allowed. You're not allowed to take it off the site. So like we can't put a YouTube link up of the section of the campaign video where we actually explain what the fucking campaign is. Oh wow! Um, so, so we've just been allowed to post the trailer offsite, um, or not the trailer, the the um, you know the campaign video, which was like a little mini Hebrew Hammer short. Right, right. Um, which deals with 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 kind of me and John pulling. Hebrew Hammer out of retirement because of Trump, which is which is actually true. This is kind of why I decided to to do it. The script had been written back in two thousand five. Oh wow! And there, so back in two thousand and five, I had gotten kind of come to terms with the fact that people were going to yell at me Hebrew Hammer for the rest of my life. So <laughs> yeah. I might as well make another one. Yeah. Um, and even though I was kind of resistant to being over identified with it, but I was like, it doesn't matter anyway because to this fucking day right however many years later I'm in Toronto I'm at a baseball game the vendor is like are you the Hebrew Hammer and I kind of sulkily I'm like well I played a character called the Hebrew Hammer because I'm a dick you know <laughs> and, he's, and he was like he goes you're my hero man and then I was like oh thanks because then I was like that's a nice guy it's like he felt inspired by that. you know what I mean yeah and um, and I was being all a sulky actor guy but um, but it's like so yeah that's the response so, so I said John alright let's get together let's just do this so the first one was all John, and then this one we collaborated on the story, and I said, you know, if we're going to do it, we got to go big. We can't take on every holiday. The first one was about, you know, oh, okay, yeah. The, yeah, the evil son of, of Santa Claus or whatever yeah. it is. And, um, and I said, you know, we have to go after Hitler. And, and so the only way of doing that, of course, is to kind of make a time travel movie. Right. Um, so I keep saying this is sort of like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure meets Showa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Showa. <laughs> and, which I think is, you know, always, a, always been a fan favorite. And, um, and so we came up with this thing and then kind of John wrote the script. And then there had been all these iterations of it. And there had even been a mini campaign. He did through something called Juicer, which is like some Jewish, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, crowdsourcing campaign. Right. But I wasn't a part of the campaign and I didn't really feel 100% on board. I wanted to make changes to the script and all this kind of stuff. So, right. um, 
he raised some money that really ended up just going, you know, into development or whatever. And then, um, and then really with the Trump shit, I said, I said, I, I called up John. I said, you know, we should make a series of shorts, mm-hmm. um, that deal directly with what's going on, you know, effectively with my tw- Twitter feed, you know, which was like 50%, uh, or Twitter mentioned, you know, which, which was like 50% people saying, bring the Hebrew hammer back. We need him now more than ever. And the other 50%, you know, uh, or a bunch of, you know, bedwetting, you know, yeah. uh, J crew wearing, uh, fucking, uh, bedwetters who, uh, Tiki torch carrying motherfuckers. Tiki torch carrying, yeah. Basement dweller, uh, who uh, were warming up an oven for me and sending me like such like fucking archaic anti-Semitic imagery. It's like, really? You're going to, you're rarely recycling imagery from the 30s? Yeah. Um, like make some, you know, make some new Jewish caricatures. Get, you know what I mean? Yeah, get creative. Um, exactly. And like half the time they're just sending me pictures of, you know, I was like, oh, it's Uncle Morty. You know, it's like some horrifying, like distorted version of a Jewish person. Jesus. Um, I was like, Uncle Morty, you got a picture of Uncle Morty. So, um, anyway, um, so, but once we started to do that, we were like, we should probably just refocus the efforts is actually making the movie. Yeah. And so we had a bunch of short ideas, which I have to say, I still want to do that are fucking, I think really funny and are going to get, they sort of become less relevant because the fucking turnover rate and Trump's cabinet is so uh, ridiculous. Yes. Um, <laughs> that, that I was like, we got to get this out before Steve Bannon and he's gone. But, um, yep. but there was a great one with the Hebrew hammer and Steve Bannon and one, uh, uh, one I particularly love with, with, um, with Ivanka. But, um, but the movie itself was never literal like that. It was never politically so literal. It had its own little comic book universe or whatever. Right. So the, the, our script isn't directly tied to the Trump shit. We just wanted to re-contextualize uh, it a little bit. So there's kind of like, you know, some sort of quasi, you know, symbolic reference to uh, some demagoguery now that, that's like made it so that we need to go back in time to get rid of the initial the root of the problem. Yeah. Um, so it was just like something that just suddenly seemed 10 times more relevant than it did when it was just a funny, you know, goofy idea. And, um, and then like, like clockwork, you know, as soon as it was announced that we were doing this, I had just days of fucking trolling from, Ugh. um, these cocksuckers. And, and, you know, I mean, I actually offered to fly one guy up here to Toronto uh, predicated upon the fact that he reveal his his face and send me a picture, so I so I know, you know, like if he was like like your size, I'd probably be like, no, never mind. But like, <laughs> but if he was a guy, I felt like I could pay, uh, you know, just just for meet and greet. Yeah. I said meet me on the corner, Bloor and Young, and he blocked me. All these people, all these fuckers, they troll the shit out of you. They say the most heinous, you know, he goes, I'll be there, faggot. Okay. Yeah, they're all okay. I was like, cowards. okay, so send me a pic. Yeah, they're all fucking pussies. Yeah. Um, slash, every once in a while, one of them kills their dad. Did you hear about that? No. Uh, some fucking Milo intern guy. I don't fucking know. I couldn't oh, even- yeah, yeah. I did hear about that shit. Yeah, his dad, his parents called him a Nazi. So, you know, he killed his dad. So, you know, um, it's sort of like a, a cross between between those two. But um, so I, uh, anyway, it was just kind of ironic because one of the reasons that I was so interested in doing this was because of these trolls. And yeah. I was actually, in effect, engaging with them while they're unwittingly helping me promote the campaign. Uh, which is about <laughs> killing Hitler. And you would think, oh, well, killing Hitler, that's not very controversial, because the first movie we made, it's like, that's the other thing, they're making all of these jokes about, oh, a Jaime begging for shekels, how original. What? And it's like, yeah, how, how original uh, that we make shekels jokes in the fucking campaign video, like, where we're, we make fun of ourselves. You yeah, cannot... exactly. You can't make... You can't loathe the self-loather. It doesn't work. That's our... That's our, that's they, our like, uh... The, those, our superpower. Those fuckers have the worst sense of humor. It's incredible. They have no humor. It's incredible. Yeah. It's, no, it's incredible. Do you so, th- um... Anyway, I feel more inspired now to do it than 
ever before. Um, though I, oh, I guess what I was saying was that, that so in the old days, like when we made the first one, it offended a lot of, I, I, I seem to remember offending a lot of uh, everybody, but it offended a lot of Jewish people, I think. Uh-huh. Because we're making fun of Jewish people in it. Because we make fun of everybody. Well, it's, and, it's uh, done like it, a black exploitation film. It's a black exploitation film, exactly. So you're owning the cliches. Yeah. You know, and and so that's that's uh, you know the same with this. But in this case, it's like oh well, going after Hitler that's pretty non-controversial, except for the fact that uh, like half of these fucking uh, Trump voters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, or I should say, I guess, that these fucking, you know, cockroaches that were dormant before the, the, the election have all hitched their wagon to the Trump campaign. I mean, I, you know, it's probably it's, the best way. It is fucking crazy that you want to make a movie about killing Hitler and you're getting fucking hate mail. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know who else we're getting it from? Hardcore Zionist. Now, I said this on Twitter the other day, and someone got really upset. upset. You know, you're you're saying Zionist like a bad thing, blah blah blah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just telling you that on the Facebook page, people who are self-proclaimed Zionists yeah. are saying you're alienating Zionists. So I'm just using the nomenclature right. that they're using. Right. And they're upset because Obama was the worst president to Israel. Blah blah blah. Thank God we have Trump. Wow. It's so fucked up what's going on right now. It's like a that, fucking fever dream. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It really does. It's like an out-of-body experience. I mean, my fucking uncle voted for Trump. I mean, it's just there's just no, yeah. you know, um, there's no reasoning within it when anybody. And it's like, it's, I understand Israel is important. But sure. You you have to like Netanyahu. I mean, what kind of sense are you making? Yeah. Um. You can you can believe in a land, you know, for 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 uh, for Jewish people without, without having to agree with, with with the policies of that nation. Exactly. Um, and anyway, John told me not to talk about any of this shit. <laughs> um, I'm just supposed to talk about empowering Jews, but you know, and this is also a weird thing for me because you know I'm half Jewish and I've like always grappled with this sort of weird thing of like being completely identified as a New York neurotic Jew, but I just, you know, I'm a half Jew from Los Angeles and yeah. all of my neuroses so far as I can ascertain has come <laughs> from the, 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 the Christian, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. German Irish side of my family. Look, I'm, um, I'm just as neurotic as you and I am not Jewish at all. So, exactly. Yeah. We're the same person basically. And yeah. we, and exactly. Yeah. So whatever, you know, I, 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 and actually look more like my mother's side of the family. That's the funny part too. Uh-huh. So, you know, <laughs> we have like Mexican on that side of the family. And like my, my grandmother was very dark. Mm-hmm. But my grandfather, my mom's side was like, literally looked like Bob Hope. I mean, he had like, he was like <laughs> the most Germanic, yeah. you know, kind yeah. of Uber. Yeah. And all my uncles are all these lumberjack looking guys or whatever. It's just, it's just hilarious. So I just ended up getting, the the you know the, the the last name and the shtick and at some point I think like you know I just owned it as a kid because I didn't have anything uh, I I like I needed I felt like I was like I I felt identityless like I was from Los Angeles yeah it didn't feel like I identified with one culture more than another culture you know I I um and then I just like saw a bunch of you know started watching all these Woody Allen movies and I think I think it was like I needed. To, to kind of own it and so I, you know it's, it's much my fault as, as anybody's for sort of over identifying with that perhaps and playing that up to the point where it's all you see you know you see you know yeah it's weird that there's so much dis, uh, um, fucking bigotry towards people who are just born basically out of a religion and you're not religious you're not you know you're just you have jewish ancestry no, and let's, right and, and even if i yeah i mean you should say these tweets are just insane it's like you know 
like all the all all, all, the, all the the Holocaust that the Russian Jew is perpetrated. It's just like all this, like you know, the Russian the communist Jew. It's just like what are you even like? What are you even speaking to? It's like <laughs> I, I mean. Like what? What are you talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you want to start breaking down people's DNA and holding them responsible for every atrocity? It's like it's like it, it would be no different than saying like all Germans are fucking horrible. And it's like I went to Germany and yeah. and and of course you know it's, <laughs> it's like if there's a bastion of democracy right now, that's where it is. Absolutely, it's like the only country left that that's like where where you know yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's like a, a prime minister who who you can uh, fucking relate to. So it's like, anyway, um, it, it's all just completely absurd. It's so it's so it's so clearly rooted in the fact that these people are just trying to pin their misery on something concrete and externalized. Um, but at the same, but at the know. same time, doing it anonymously. Well, I, because yeah. they don't want to get the they don't want to get fired from their fucking job for being a piece of shit, so they do it anonymously. Right? Is that what it is? Like, why they just won't? So I wanted. To, I almost announced this today. Do you think this is a bad idea or a good idea? <laughs> Did you ever hear? Um, there was a great. <laughs> I sound like such a cliche. There was a great NPR piece. I think it was NPR. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where a, a journalist, I forget her name, she had been badly trolled on the on, on the internet, on, on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. or everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, body shamed, horrible misogyny, and all that. And she tracked down the, the most virulent of, of of her of her trolls and interviewed him on the record. It's recorded. You can find this somewhere. It was, I, I think, it was like a podcast. It was something, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I think you know, then they re-aired it or something on NPR, but. It's unbelievably fascinating. You know, she basically gets this guy to sort of wither and admit that he doesn't have any idea why he was doing this and sending these horrifying... I mean, he was making her feel horrible about the death of her father. I mean, just terrible shit. Yeah. And, um... And got him to admit that he was just a miserable person. I'm not even suggesting that's what all these people are. I mean, I think that they're just... Um... I think they're legitimately bad people. Uh... But... Um, but I'd be curious, you know, what percentage of them are 13 year old, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, what percentage of them are, you know, like I want to, I want to, I really want to understand the demographic because I don't think it's just a tiki torch, you know, third rate J crew model game. Um, no. and, uh, those are the ones who, who are like willing to show their face because they, you know, cause they, they can sort of pass as, you know, as serious catalog models. Um, well, and they have, but, um, yeah, and they have a group mentality when they they can show up in a giant crowd like that. But right, right, as soon right. as you po- start posting their face on the internet with I their name, of their face, I know they get upset. Oh, I'm getting death threats. Yeah, they start crying and saying, "I'm getting death threats. Please take that photo down." Right, I know. Right, like, exactly. You fucking pussy, back your shit up if you're going to be a piece of shit. That's right. No, I know. If you want a white ethno state, you're pretty much going to have to fight for it. But um, a lot of them are doing so, this shit, uh, you know, with a fake uh, profile photo, and they don't use their real names because oh, of course they, they know. No, none of them do. The one guy that, so this one guy that just won't leave me alone. Um, every time he tweets, his profile changes. It's like on some sort of I don't know. If that's a yeah. Some sort of robotic thing he's he's managed to, you know. Oh, uh, I, I had a stalker that did that, and it's they they know that it's because if they did it um, as themselves, they would, you know, you track them down and. Well, right. And, so I have two ideas. One, I'm not going to tell you because I think it's kind of. I can't talk about it. It's, I think I'll talk to you later about it. Okay. The other, the other one is, is is a public idea. So, so in in, in keeping with, um, in keeping with, uh, so having been inspired by this woman who, who did this, I, I actually genuinely do want to talk to these people. Like I really do. Like yeah. I really want to know who these people are yeah. or as much as they're willing to tell me and you know get out of this weird world where you're just exchanging insults and all that yeah. and so I thought I was I almost announced it today but then I don't know I, Roxanne said maybe take a break like take a minute because I like literally like woke up and then almost tweeted it she's like why don't you like wake up first um, yeah. but I was thinking about doing a um, 
like a podcast, you know, whatever, just uploaded to SoundCloud or something like that, um, where I um, where I interview my trolls and just say like any takers. That'd be great. Um, That'd be great. And you know, of course, they'd have to give me some kind of personal information, and I'm assuming they would want to stop short of doing that because how else would I reach them? Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, I don't think giving them a voice is the greatest thing in the world. On the other hand, um, but just out of curiosity, I, I would love to know I'm why these curious. people do this shit too. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm really curious. Um, cause they're just so like, what did you fucking upset. do? What did you do to these people to make them fucking hate you so much? And why are they fucking offended and pissed? You want to make a movie where you kill Hitler? Yeah, I mean, actually, the tweet specifically said, hey, Donald, it was like a, Entertainment Weekly had just done a little pickup of the press release, um, and so it just said, Adam Goldberg crowdfunds, whatever. Uh-huh. And um, and so I, I retweeted that saying, um, hey, Donald Trump, you, you thought there was a war on Christmas before, Shabbat Shalom, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> which to me is just funny. You know, it's like, if you saw the first one, it yes. was about the Christmas. It's like, it's like, dude, I celebrated Christmas every fucking year of my life. Yes. Um, I, I fucking love Christmas. I still believe in fucking Santa Claus. Um, I'm like, I'm more into Christmas than most Christians are. Yeah. I, it, it's actually a problem. So yeah. I don't give a fuck about Christmas. It's a fucking joke, you fucking moron. Yeah. Um, and they were just, I mean, <laughs> oh my God, did they take the bait. Yeah, of course. Oh my God. It was just like throwing chum into the fucking water. I mean, these guys are just fucking chomping at the bit. It's so weird. There is no war on Christmas. There has never been a war on Christmas. <laughs> No, are you kidding? There's been a war on fucking on 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 like the consumer, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. like uh, you know, and 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 people get killed during after Christmas sales. Uh huh. Um, but that's as far as I can tell, the only war that's been waged. Yeah. Um, it's, it's totally obscene. Anyway, so. Um, well, I want I want to yeah. see, see you kill kill Hitler. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I'm trying to remember if we, if we do kill Hitler. Um, uh, don't give a don't give away the ending, but uh, right. No, but it's good because there's like Jesus is in it. I mean, we go all over the place. Um, is this at? Do people uh, find this at Indiegogo or is it at Micro Ventures? No, no, it's like it's no, it's it's, it's annoying about this whole thing. You know, it's like it's um it's on the specific site, which is well, it is on the Micro Ventures site because they can't do it on Indiegogo. Again, there's all these like SEC rules, right? Um, so they can only do it on. The microventures site, but I, I think it's like one of like a subsite or something. So it's called right. like oh yeah, app dot microventures dot com. Like I don't know what that even means. Well, I think there's um, a, there's a microventures app. I think is what that connects to. But I looked this morning, and you can just first of all, it's there's a link in your bio. People can find that. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll I'll I post, put it in my Twitter. Right, I'll, I'll post, I'll post yeah. the link when this uh, when this goes up in the next couple of days. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think it would yeah, be. I'm awesome. sorry to. Uh, I'm sorry to exploit you, my friendship with you. No, are you kidding? Are you kidding? I I never um, get to see you because you're always gone working. So it's good to uh, talk to you. Yeah, I feel like you've been working a lot. What's going on? I I'm currently pitching a show right now. I'm not allowed to say what, but I think in the next uh, couple weeks it will be sold, and I can talk about it but Get yeah i fuck I, out of here yeah. no fucking way really yeah oh shit i'll tell you about it after can I, after we can i be in it i would love for you to be in it i um i'll tell you about it when i stop recording um got it I um i think it's gonna you know, be awesome. i never sent you i never sent you that thing that i wrote either oh yeah send me that because I never rewrote it. It was an Albuquerque and I started to have all of these uh, episodes that uh, <laughs> related episodes. And then we came home. You know, we sold our house. You know, our house, we sold our house. I did not know that. 
So did you see it, it on the market let, while we went to Albuquerque? Let me ask you this. Did you sell it more because of the black mold or because your view of the Capitol Records building has been blocked? Okay, it just occurred to me that maybe I should not have mentioned the black mold, uh, and we sold our house in the same time. <laughs> let, me be, let me be very, very clear. The house passed all, all inspections, Sure. and I was being, there was some kind of mold that was eradicated in my shower. There you go. That's very common, actually. And also, I disclosed that. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, no, the fucked up thing about the Capitol Records thing is, is that so what happened was, was we put it on the market mm-hmm. in Albuquerque but we didn't while well, we were there for two months so I didn't think it was like you know if, it, if, if we were to get an offer or something we could, we were close enough to home that we could kind of run back and forth or whatever yeah um, so it didn't sell and then we come back and about a week after coming I said you know, let's take it off the market. You know, I, there's just no version of us being able to do this remotely that far away. Mm-hmm. And um, and we don't want to get but all confused if we sell the house and we come back to like no house. Right. Um, he's already like, like you know, fucking Eloise living out of like 97 hotels. Right. So, um, so then, um, which by the way, we started reading to him and it's hilarious because like, uh, he's always he's like, I want to read Eloise. <laughs> he's like not even fucking three. And he's reading like, that book is like, amazing. It's written for like a 30 year old. But anyway, yeah. um, so, uh, so we come back and she's like, oh, just let us, this, this, this one couple is really interested. Let's like, let them see it just one more time. Mm-hmm. They're really interested. I'm like, I go, I don't. Okay, I go, I, I'm fine, but I don't think we can accept an offer. Let's just see what happens. So, of course, they they, fuck, they make an offer. Yeah. And we're like, so we don't know what to do. So we just ask for this ridiculous escrow and a lease back so we can come back to the house and live in it for a couple of months. And they agreed. And, and I thought, if you're going to be that passionate about this house, know the right people for it because it was so heartbreaking, the idea. Yeah, yeah. I've never lived anywhere longer. It was the place I... I moved into when my girlfriend and I broke up and, you know, I was like, as, you know, as, as, as miserable and sort of kind of, you know, down on my luck as I possibly could be and all that. So it was like a great, it's a great house, man. It is a great house, but it's just been not, you know, it's been, it's just been harder. It's harder to climb the fucking hill and the steps with Bud and there's not, it's not, it doesn't have like any kind of a backyard. Yeah. So, um, anyway, what was my point? Oh, my point is, what the hell was it? The Capitol Records building. Oh, right, right, yeah. So we come back, so we come back uh, from town, and I look out the window, and um, and the, the Capitol Records building is gone, dude. Like, from Albuquerque, I come back, and yeah. it's just fucking gone that they, whole they built those two buildings yeah that whole while we were in albuquerque that whole section of hollywood has in the past just year had like three or four high rises going like lo- a lot of mm-hmm. them are lofts um yeah and we could see them all going up right like yeah. literally from where we are you see all these cranes and the whole thing and the that topography has completely changed since I've lived there. The Netflix building, all of this shit. Yeah. Um, and that's my, my, my little running joke was I'm watching Netflix and I like watch, I stand by the window and I'm watching the building. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, but those buildings had, they had like lot, you know, they had, they were going to be built and then they like, and then something wasn't the code or somehow they were, they were restricted. And then suddenly I read online in Albuquerque, oh, they got the green light. And we come back and they're just up. They're just up and that's it. All I see is the antenna from the Capitol Records building. Yeah. Um, and so in a weird way, I thought maybe this is the end of an era and it's, it's, it's time to go. But there's still another reason I brought this up, but I don't know what the fuck it was. Well, it was, just the, it was just the fact that you, you're, you, you're moving. I didn't, do, you, do you know where you're going to live now? No, nothing. We don't know anything. It's totally like, 
totally stressful. Well, I, 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 hope it's, I hope it's still in the area. You were so close to me. Well, yeah, we want to be in the area, but it's, in order to get a bigger place, I think we're going to have to move Probably. to Fresno. <laughs> if we want a place like the kind of, you know, like a mid-century house, like, yeah. I mean, we didn't, I didn't make any real money on this. And so it's just more like, we have to make a lateral move right. but to a bigger place and how do we do that and still maintain the aesthetic I mean I mean well, you know you start looking at like uh, you know Highland Park and stuff like that but um, or South Pasadena or whatever but I, I don't know I literally don't know I think the safest thing to do is to actually rent a place yeah take a big breath and then see what happens with this show because if this show comes back and we're living in Toronto for six months out of the year and if it were to keep coming back um, then then it would beg a much larger question like should we live in New York where I could commute to work yeah uh, you know so I have to see what happens with the show I also oh, that's what I was saying I send you the script but then I got home and then we sold the house and then I came here so I haven't done a rewrite and then that's why I haven't sent you the script and I really wanted to show it to you and uh, I don't think anyone will ever make this show but I think it's maybe the best thing I've ever made well, send it to me I also feel like and there's a part for you there's a Steve Agee there's literally a role well then let's I mean it's called Steve it's not Steve Agee it's you but you work at a you work at the Times writing obituary <laughs> well let's fucking make this happen man um Actually, I think you're like a restaurant critic, but then I have you write, I ask you to write, uh, I, I, I ask you to write my obituary. Oh my God, I um, love that. I hope I do get to write your obituary someday, but not for a long oh, time, not I, for a long time. I really, no, Steve, I hope I get to write your obituary. <laughs> well, maybe we should get together and write each other's obituaries while we're still Right, alive. right, let's do that so that, so that, yeah, because that, I, I'd rather not. So we can give approval yeah. to each other on uh, whether or not it's good. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely want photo approval. You know, it'd be great. I, I think I mentioned this to someone else earlier. Is a podcast where you eulogize your friends who are still living? Oh my! No, that's a great idea because I almost did this the other day with Burt Backtrack on Twitter, but then I just like. It was too hard to put it into 140 characters, though I did for about a week have 280 characters. Um, oh, shit. What the fuck was up with that, by the way? I don't what, know. I had it, and then I lost it. Uh, you would probably abuse your power. I abused it, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, happened to, it happened to Ezra Klein, too. So, I think it's like some anti-Semitic conspiracy. But, um, <laughs> so... Uh, I, I wanted to eulogize for a background because I was like, that man is still alive. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why don't we talk about people before they die so they can see how much people love and respect them? Like, who exactly. fucking cares exactly. how many tributes there are and afterwards? Not, and not, I mean, who the hell cares? Yes, and not funny eulogies, like a sincere... So yeah. these people know how loved they are. Like, Fats Domino That's died yesterday. Fats Domino, yeah. by the way... I honestly, if you had asked me, would have thought he had already died because he was fucking famous back in like the 50s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then what's more is, is that I posted, I didn't end up posting any of this. I linked to a YouTube video of Dionne Warwick singing Don't Make Me Over, which is one of my favorite. Yeah. Her backrack tunes and one of my favorite tunes of hers. And then I was like, shit, is Dionne Warwick alive? So I looked her up and I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. In fact, she's in a fight with, uh, <laughs> she's in a fight with the Rita Franklin. <laughs> but, oh, um, yeah. and so I was like, let's do a judge of her too. Right. But then again, it's like, I couldn't seem to do this in a way that was concise enough to make any sense. But I love your idea. Like, let, let's do that. Well, let's I, talk I, about that and make it happen. That, that would be a, a, I think that'd be a cool podcast. Um, uh, yes, for seriously, let's, uh, let's talk about For seriously. For All seriously, right. let's do that. All right. Um, All okay, right. well, let's talk later more for real and text. I really appreciate you doing this, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I want to make this happen. And uh, so... <sighs> On, on Instagram and Twitter, is your you can handle see, yeah, it's very clear. Adam Goldberg or is Adam underscore score? The Adam Goldberg Instagram and Twitter. Is, uh, the Adam Goldberg. Fun. The link yeah. for these things are uh, in his uh, bios. I'll, I'll be yeah, posting as bio, well. I'll post links as well. Um, but um, I, Thanks, I, I want... You're a, you're, you're a mensch, Steve. <laughs> You're such a match. Thanks, man. I, I want to make this happen. And um, 
Yeah. Thank so, you, so please, you know, spread the word to to those listening. Um, I think this would be re- uh, an awesome movie. I think it'll be fun. Absolutely, dude. Um, all right, let's talk. Uh, we'll talk offline. Okay. Cool, man. All right. Love you, buddy. Love you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. 